All right. Well, where, where do you go from there? That was just so much fun. But we're going to do our best. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and following. And on Baby Dedication Day, I, I thought we would maybe take this from a little bit different angle and, and more from the angle of the child, more from the angle of maybe not the parent so much, as, but as the younger person that's, that's seeking God and, uh, and is trying to really find uh, their, their path uh, in the Lord. It's been said that in the world we live, and I think this is true, that in the world we live, we, are, we have a, an abundance of everything except clarity. And I think that's true. We, we have an abundance of everything. We've got an abundance of all sorts of information. We've got all sorts of knowledge, and yet it seems that we are desperately lacking in wisdom. We've got voices from the right talking to us. We've got voices from the left talking to us. We've got voices from above talking to us, and voices from below talking to us. And here we are in the middle with all these voices, and we, I think we struggle to listen to the right one. And so this morning, I want us to look at what Solomon said. I, I imagine Solomon writes this to his own son, to Rehoboam, his son that ascends the throne after him. I, I don't have proof for that, but I imagine. I imagine that he writes this to him and that we benefit from the wisdom that he shares. And, and so let's, let's look here at chapter 1, verse 8. It, it says, Hear, my child, your father's instruction, and do not reject your mother's teaching, for they are a fair garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Uh, here's what Solomon is saying. He's saying, listen, accepting your parents' instruction leads you to a victorious life. Uh, le- leads you to a victorious life. Now, I, I know that there are exceptions, and, and you might have an exception. You go, well, my parents weren't very godly, and well, as a matter of fact, they weren't even that good. And even more than that, they weren't even there half the time. And, and in that instance, I suppose that, yes, that's, that's a little bit of a different story. Uh, but, but this wisdom is timeless for us at any point in time. Uh, and if your parents weren't that person, uh, then I think you probably have found somebody that is. Whether it's, it's a grandparent or a grandfather or a grandmother, or, or whether it's, it's maybe an older person in the church or somebody that's just lived life a little bit longer than you. Uh, any of those will do. And Solomon is, is saying, listen, in the, the, the myriad of choices that you have and this plurality of voices that are speaking to you, Take time to listen to godly wisdom. And if you listen to godly wisdom, you will live. He says it's going to be like a crown on your head, like a king's victorious crown, like somebody that's won a crown. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like pendants. It's it's going to be a luxury item. Your life is going to be adorned with good things. And so we should listen to our parents. Now, we had a lot of the high school kids in last service. I see we've got a few here and really saying, listen to your parents, kind of like makes everybody like, oh, I know I should, but I don't want to. And a lot of our teenage crew, I think, falls in this. And I've got a theory. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but I, from what I understand, I believe human intelligence peaks at age 18. Okay? <laughs> at, at age 18, you are the smartest that you're ever going to be in your entire life. And from there, it's downhill. It's, if you could chart it, it's like this precipitous uh, incline from 16 to 18. Like you start here, and then you go to Einstein and beyond by the time you get to 18. And, and as you're there, and you're looking down at all of those poor, poor stupid people down there, like your parents are down there and they're wandering around aimlessly at the foot of the mountain of your vast knowledge. 
And you think, how did these people make it in life? How did I come from that? As they're wandering around with spittle in their beards and they're half unkemptly dressed. And they're just a mess. And you're like, man, what, what's wrong with these people? And that's at 18. And then something happens. It's life. And you get like shoved off of the edge of know it ism And you come face to face with reality. And then all of a sudden you start to go, you know, my goodness, maybe they knew what they were talking about. And this is what Solomon is saying. Solomon is saying, listen, listen to your parents. Listen to the people that have godly wisdom because they have a vested interest in your life. C.Y. Kim was here Monday. He's our missionary in, in China, North Korea. And he said that he could feed a child for $20 a month. Every meal that they need for $20 a month. I don't think I could feed one of my kids for $20 a week. I don't with the price of eggs and milk and food and all that stuff. It's just not going to happen. Or we'd all be eating rice the way that they do, I suppose, is the, the only way you could do it. But I told him, I said, I, man, $20 a month, that's phenomenal. I think that's, that's great. And I said, I don't think I could do that. And he said, there's no way you could do that here. Uh, listen, if you want to know who cares about you, who has a vested interest in your life, look, look to those that are your parents because they have a very vested interest in your life. It's not just finances. It's not just money. It's, it's you carry their name on. Uh, you know, I've been impressed here in Bowling Green. You know, no matter who you talk to, if you're talking to an old timer, uh, they won't introduce them by, you know, by their name. They'll say, that's so-and-so's boy. That's, that's Rachel's girl. That's Rod's son over there. And so parents have this vested interest that, that they would protect their investment, but that they would also protect their name. And it's not just self-serving. They want the very best for you as well. They want the absolute best for you. You may not see it, but they do. And so what they're trying to do is give you advice, give you guidance, give you godly wisdom that will direct you in a path of what we might term here victory. Uh, but there's going to be other voices, and they know that. They're going to cry out to, to try to distract you, take you down what we'll call easy street uh, that leads to a place of destruction. Uh, let's look at verses 10 through 19. And I know I I've, I've normally have a different version than most of you. This is the New Revised Standard. So if you've got a a phone and you want to read along with me, you can. But if not, just just listen. I want you to listen to this. I don't want you to be distracted by, by different words right here. You can go home and look it up. But, but right here, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. My child, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, now listen to how these people are talking. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us wantonly ambush the innocent. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those going down to the pit. We shall find all kind of costly things. We shall fill our houses with booty. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My child, do not walk in their way. Keep your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. And they hurry to shed blood. For in vain is the net baited while the bird is looking on. Yet they lie in wait to kill themselves and sit in ambush for their own lives. Such is the end of all who are greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its possessor. Did, did you, have you ever heard anybody in your life talk like that? I, I haven't. This sounds like a group of pirates. 
I mean, really. I mean, what, what would you do if a group of pirates came up and said, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood, we shall fill our houses with booty. You would say no. I mean, really, if somebody came up to you talking like a pirate and said, let's set a net for them and take them to the grave, you would say, you're probably not all that stable. This is not a good choice. You need to go away from me. That's what you would say. And yet, people don't talk like pirates that are bad. It would make life so easy if everybody that was bad and had bad motives suddenly was inflicted with a pirate accent. Let me tell you, it would make life so much easier. Anytime that somebody's trying to take advantage of you, they break out into pirate, and you'd be like, no, no, I know what that's all about. It would be so much easier. But, but Solomon is saying, listen, this is not how people talk, but this is exactly what they mean. This is exactly what happens. They may come up to you, and because everybody tries to be normal, even the pirates, they'll come up and they'll say, hey, let's, I, got a, I got this great investment thing, and we'll be able to make a lot of money really quick. It's not, it's not really out in the open, so we're trying to keep it quiet, you know, and it's, it's, you know, nobody's going to get hurt, you know. Uh, but, yeah, why don't we try that? Or, or they'll say, you know, it's, it's only wrong if we don't get caught. Or they'll say, you know, you're working too hard. There's a quick and easier way to being successful. And these people will come along and they'll say that, and it sounds really, really good. But in reality, it's the same advice as the pirates in Proverbs are giving you. They're saying, come, let us go to our own destruction. They're inviting you to this path that is a destructive path. And Solomon is is saying, listen, it sounds good, but if you could hear what they really mean, if you could hear what they're really, really saying, you would say no. So my child, do not listen to them. Listen to me. Listen to me, because the path to quick success, easy money, and fast fame is a path to a place that does not last. You know, I know we are all tired. I am so tired of hearing about other people uh, in the sport arena doping, blood doping, and then a golfer came out as having used antler, deer antler spray. I don't know what you do with deer antler spray. I don't know what you're hoping to achieve with deer antler spray. But it's not good. It's not good. And all of these people have had these amazing careers. They've, they've, they've set records. They've won Tour de France. They've won all of these sorts of things. And now there's this asterisk by their name that says this person took the quick and easy path. Genuinely talented athletes. Genuinely strong individuals. People with drive were disqualified because somebody came and said, Hey, there's an easier faster way to do this. If those people had come up and been talking like pirates, they'd have told them no. But people don't talk like that. And so Solomon is saying, listen, they are not going to be clear. But the path that they're leading you down is a path of destruction. And if we're going to be able to discern the right path, we've got to have the wisdom to do that. Uh, Solomon continues in his statement here, Uh, Let's pick up in verse 20. He talks about the availability of wisdom for us to be able to discern the truth. He says, wisdom cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. 
I will make my words known to you. Uh, Solomon is making it clear. He says, listen, wisdom is actually readily available. Wisdom is easy to obtain. It is waiting for you in the marketplace. It is waiting for you in the city square. The path you travel, wisdom is right beside it. The gate you go through, wisdom is waiting. Jesus said it, and we looked at this passage last week. If you ask, you receive. If you knock, the door opens. If you seek, you find. Wisdom is the same way. Wisdom is waiting to to just give itself to you. If you will only avail yourself of it. Wisdom is as close as a parent's godly counsel and advice. L- listen, um, folks that are in the, uh, the younger bracket, college bracket. Hey, right, now this is applicable. Anyway. If your parents are alive, let me tell you how to make their day. You ready? If you have parents that are still sucking in oxygen, you can make their day today. Are you ready for this? This is how you can make any parent's day. You, you go to them and you say, hey, listen, mom, dad. I want to know your opinion about something. That's all you have to ask. Mom and dad, I want your advice. Asking your... People are laughing because it happens so seldom. They, they did this in last service too. They're like, that's my advice. It's true. But if you go and you call up your parents and say, hey, listen, I got these choices I'm dealing with. I'm facing this and I'm dealing with that. Could you give me some advice? It make their day. I promise. Thomas Jefferson, I believe, said, nothing a man gives so freely is his own opinion. Parents, there's no exception to that. Listen, it would make their day. And it could be the godly counsel that you need. Wisdom here is calling out to all of us. It says it's calling out to the simple ones, the people that just don't know better. It's calling out to the people that scoff uh, wisdom, the people that want to turn it into a quick joke, the people that hate godly knowledge. Wisdom hasn't given up on them. It says that wisdom is calling out to all, every person, whether you're simple, you don't know better, you make fun of it, or whether you hate God's wisdom. Wisdom is calling out to you. And yet this wisdom seems to be rejected because there's a worldly wisdom that seems more appealing. You know, let me, let me tell you, as we think about choosing counselors and advisors in your own life, let me give you the test for that, is look at their life first. Look at their life first. I, I will tell you, as I've, as I've been married now, we're going to be married 11 years this year. Uh, the people that love to give marital advice are the people that are coming out of like marriage number nine. Okay. And they'll be like, man, I've learned so many things. I've been married a whole, I've been married more than anybody, you know, and I've got some great marital advice. I've learned a lot from my mistakes. Apparently you haven't. Okay. You haven't. You're going through this again. People will say, I've learned all these things in the school of hard knocks. Sometimes those people have just been knocked a little too hard, a little too frequently. It's true. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, it is kind of funny, but it's true. People love to give you your advice, and yet you look at their life and you're like, I don't really want my life to be like that. If we're going to have godly counselors, we've got to look at the fruit of their life and say, is this the person that I want to become? Because we will become like the people we listen to. And we've got to choose our advisors carefully. Because if we ignore wisdom, we're going to receive the reward of foolishness. Uh, Let's look here in verse 26 and following. Wisdom is speaking. This seems kind of harsh, but it's just reality. Uh, Wisdom says this, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you. When panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, 
Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. Uh, Wisdom is simply saying this. Once you've chosen foolishness and you've gone down that road, it's too late. It's too late. Once you travel down that path of foolishness, it's too late to go back in time. Once you're reaping the reward of foolishness, you don't, even if you call out to wisdom, you don't get to like rewind the clock, you know, three days or three weeks or three months or three years and say, you know, I'd like a do-over. It doesn't work like that. You know, I'll be honest, I'm terrified to have children in an age where it is so easy to publicize our own stupidity. It terrifies me. It used to be you could make a mistake and it was your mistake. You make a mistake today, it's a viral YouTube sensation that gets featured on some sort of national news program. News program. And, and then you're, it's there. It's there. You know? We live in a world where one Facebook post ruins somebody's reputation, one Instagram upload, one text message, one picture message, whatever, I'm sure there's a word for that too. One of those, you send that off, and you can't take it back. You can delete it, but it's there. It's there. And never has the, the stakes, the crisis, the cost of, of listening to wisdom been higher when we have the ability to be so foolish, so quickly, so publicly. It's dangerous. And, you know, you may be sorry when you're done. And you will be. But the truth of the matter is, is that you cannot untarnish somebody's reputation You cannot change what people have already assumed about you. You cannot undo that. And yet, we scorn the path of wisdom because it's something about it seems seems slow to us. Uh, But we've only got two choices. Verse 32, 33, let's close this out. It says, Waywardness kills the simple, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me will be secure. And we'll live at ease without dread of disaster. It's so interesting that the path we think will get us there quickly takes us to the exact wrong direction. Wisdom says stuff that sounds so antiquated. It says, take it easy. Take your time. Slow down. Think about it. It says, be kind to people. Be courteous to others. Have integrity. Be honest and open about stuff. That's what wisdom says. And yet we shun it because there's something that says, you know, I'm going to hurry it up and I don't have to disclose everything. And there's no sense in being honest because, you know, people, they don't go along with things if you're totally honest. And we, we shun godly wisdom in a place for worldly wisdom. And yet let me tell you what, what is truly liberating. It's truly liberating to be bound by your integrity. Because when somebody's talking about it and they say, oh, hey, listen, I saw you last night uh, over here. You don't cringe on the inside going, man, I hope nobody saw me last night. You know, you are bound with integrity. You, you don't fear when two people are talking to each other because, well, you've told one one story and the other person another story. And now all of a sudden they're talking together. And what if they figure out that, that you've been lying to both of them? Let me tell you, you're bound in fear if you're not bound in integrity. You see, the thing that seems to restrict us is the very thing that brings us liberty. 
and freedom. And that's why Solomon is saying, listen, listen, my son, listen to godly wisdom and live. You might know the story. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, does ascend to the throne. Uh, but Rehoboam rejects Solomon's wisdom, the, the advice of his counselors. The, the nation comes to him and says, listen, we love you. We love your dad. We love all that you've done. We love the peace and the prosperity we have. But let me tell you, the taxes are terrible. And the work you've put us into is just shoved us over the edge. Rehoboam, if you will lighten our load just a little bit, we will serve you for the rest of our lives. And so Rehoboam goes to his father's counselors and says, well, this is what they said. His father's counselors, the people that contributed to the wisdom of Solomon said, yeah, you should listen. Listen. He goes to his buddies and his buddies tell him, "Now nah, blow those people off. Tell them your father was a lightweight in comparison to how harsh you are and how driven you are and what it's going to cost them to be part of your kingdom. If you know the story, you know that they've all, they all leave. They say, you know, enough with you. We have no part in this. And they go. It brings about his destruction because he rejected godly wisdom. Now, this morning, as our worship team comes up, I know that Rehoboam is not the only person that's rejected godly wisdom. And perhaps there's somebody here that, that you say, you know what, I, I, I'd stand up and testify if it wasn't too embarrassing that this is all right. I've made bad choices. I've disregarded what I was told. I've pursued worldly wisdom instead of godly wisdom. And now I am at that very place of brokenness that you're describing. And I would love to tell you that we have a time machine in back and we can rewind it all, but it doesn't work that way. But, but God has said in the New Testament that, that through Christ, He takes our sinfulness and He takes our brokenness and He redeems that. He turns it into something beautiful. And while you don't get to go back, you do get a chance to sort of start over. That's what we call new life. You're buried in Christ and you're raised to walk in a newness in Him. If that is something you need this morning, we'll invite you to come forward as we sing.